<laughs> hey y'all, I'm Kiara Sheree. And I'm Raya. And welcome to Yes Black Girl. Woo, 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 woo. How are you today? I'm good. Today's been today kind of just went by. Today it hasn't gone by. Yeah. It's like, it's not it's, three o'clock. You said what? I said because how is it already three o'clock? I don't know. I woke up at like seven thirty, and mm -hmm. time one. So I just been here doing stuff. I feel that. I definitely didn't get anything accomplished today, as of yet. Um. So after this, I have a million errands that I'm about to run. But it is what it is. It's still, you know, we woke up. The sun is shining. But uh, let's get into our guest. I'm so excited. Okay, so <laughs> Brina Brene is a 22-year-old multifaceted artist of many mediums. Originating in Detroit, Michigan, she pursued visual and literary arts at an early age before expanding to dance, modeling, and graphic design. So she do it all. Uh, these endeavors later led her to her current focus in music and production. She now teaches dance classes to all ages and owns a brand entitled Blissful Visions that enables herself and others to bring their art to life. She strives to be a chameleon of the arts and create safe spaces for entrepreneurs. So let's give it up for Brina. Hello, hello. Welcome, how are you? I'm good, how are you ladies doing today? Pretty good, your skin is glowing, which we always love. Thank you, thank okay. you. Yes. All right, so the first thing that we're going to do before we get into the hard questions are the this mm -hmm. or that questions. So okay. I'll start it off, and Rhea and I will alternate okay, just so we can you. kind of break the ice a little bit. Okay. All right. So Detroit or the DMV? Ooh, that was definitely hard. But I want to say <laughs> Detroit. The love is bigger. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm here for that. So, dance or visual art? Mm, visual art, what does that mean? Like, you know, like production, like music videos, movies, like that type of thing? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Dance or visual art? I'm going to say visual art because dance can be in visual art. So, I'm going to say visual art. Mm -hmm. Right. 90s R&B or 2000s R&B? Mm, 2000s R&B. Oh, why? I, need to I don't know. I felt like... <laughs> I'm a big fan of old and new, and I felt mm -hmm. like 2000s was a really good like era of that. Like a now news different. Yeah, like the new yeah. now is a little different, but maybe it's because you know I'm getting old or whatever, or you know time is going past quicker because technology. But mm -hmm. I felt like 2000s was like that perfect like middle, if that makes yeah. sense. Okay, I feel that. Yeah, Lil Kim or Nicki? I'm gonna have to say Nicki. I, okay. I do. I know more Nikki songs, so by default, I have to say Vicky. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. Uh, live performances or music videos? Music videos. I'm kind of scared of live performances right now. Maybe because I'm new, but live performances mm -hmm. are a little scary. <laughs> okay, all right. Solo or collaboration? Mm. Right. Sounds hard because I love to collab. Like if you if you know me, I love to collab on stuff. But I'm gonna say solo because I always know it's gonna be done right if it's by if it's by mm. myself. Yeah. 
Yes, you can't do it by yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Always rely on everybody else. Exactly. Okay, Um, Ray, I'm gonna let you ask this (laughs) one. (laughs) So this is the last one. Um, Two dance styles. So Detroit Jet or DMV Beach Your Feet? I've seen DMV Beach to feet way more, so I might have to say that one. Okay. I feel like I never saw that enough in person when I was in Detroit. So I never got that like that? in person feel. It's very close to Beach of Feet. It's just kind okay. of like a different tempo, I feel like. And I feel like the the fusion is just like a little bit different because it's kind of very, it's really drum heavy, I would say, in um DMV. I mm-hmm. feel like it can be, but it's not as I don't know. It's it's just different. I feel like when you when you hear, you're gonna be like, oh, okay. It's not as intense because I feel like the drums are always louder in DMV music than the than the voice. If that makes sense. Okay. And yes. I would say it's kind of like the opposite. Okay. I'm definitely mm-hmm. gonna look it up when we get done. Right. right. <laughs> now I want to know. I'm interested. All right. So you started out as a dancer, and you were originally yeah. a part of uh, the dance team Blackout at Bowie State. And then you oh, later went on to create. <laughs> you later went on to create um, Authentic's Dance Crew. So, can you tell us about that journey and what led you to create and be a part of those teams on that campus? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, it just feels like so long ago because it was been like four mm. years. I'm like, wow. Like that. Like I don't know those names again. I haven't heard it in so long. But um, <laughs> um, I think what led it, led me to do that is um, I think I started teaching and being very active in my school's dance programs. So I think I was leading about three dance clubs by the time I graduated. So I was very mm-hmm. heavily into dance. Like I was almost known to do that. I almost like barely had like a dating life or a social life because I was so, so into my art around that time. And mm-hmm. I was so into dance around that time. And I was definitely on um, the Culture Shock dance team, Future Shock, went for the last year of high school. And I think that that, you know, just motivated me to keep going after that. Cause it was like, I knew that I was at a private school. Like maybe I'm just the best on my dance campus. Like that's not that hard. It's a private school. It's not that big. So I was like, right. you know, when I felt like, you know, I was keeping up with future shock or felt like, you know, it was a very big push out of my comfort zone. And I feel like if I would, if I could do it again, I would do it better. But I was very mm-hmm. anxious to young teenager with a lot going on. So, you know, when I kept up on the dance and I felt like, you know, I feel like I can go higher than that. So when I went to college, it kind of just, you know, came naturally. I think I saw on Twitter somebody looking for like, you know, dance, like dancers, because I saw that there was a dance team at Bowie, but it mm-hmm. was very much so not hip hop based at all. And I was very passionate okay. about hip hop mm-hmm. because in high school I had a dance teacher was very oddly against me doing hip-hop like she was very adamant wow. about me doing a lot of other things and i was trying to explain mm-hmm. like my culture like this is what i grew up with like right. it may not look the way that you know in a private school you would think that it would look like but it's still equally important to me and equally as you know meaningful right. to me and i felt like that was something that just never got you know across so i didn't have mm-hmm. a thing against other you know dance types but I was reluctant. Yeah. I was just like, you know, like, why can't this be as valid as ballet? Why can't this be as valid exactly. as contemporary? Like, it's just as much culture as any other dance genre. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why I was very passionate about hip hop. So when I saw that, you know, the dance team that was there didn't really have a hip hop focus, I would say, um, it kind of came naturally or it's like, I kind of like ended up coming across somebody who was looking for somebody for a dance, like a hip hop team. 
And it just, I just connected with that person. They already had a few people on a committee. So I didn't want to be in charge. That was the last thing I wanted to do because it used to consume my life in high school. So I was like, okay, great. There's already like a bunch of people already doing it. I just like to make dances up as long as I get to do that. Slide up in here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like a big thing in the dance community? And that's, I guess, going towards both of y'all. Like, do a lot of people kind of shy away from doing hip hop dance? Like in certain I wouldn't spaces. say shy away. I would say invalidated more as like like uh-huh. invalidated as like the mm-hmm. shortest way to put it. Like mm-hmm. it's not as skillful. Like it doesn't require as much skill and time as other, any other dance type. Yeah, or it's, it's recreational. Mm-hmm. Or it's always an elective if it's like mm-hmm. hip hop or tap. Um, mm-hmm. Like at Bowie, like there's a tap mm-hmm. elective. I'm like, why is this not a full class? Okay, because right. tap is not. An easy thing. Listen, that takes skill. Exactly. People say that ballet is like the foundation when Mm -hmm. the foundation is the music. And Mm -hmm. no one started that off, and that was the drum. So that translates. So I just don't like when people think hip hop is just easy. It's not because there's multiple styles, it's not just hip hop. Yeah. that's a whole nother conversation that we could ha- sit here and have all day. <laughs> Talk about it all day. Right, right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I'm going to keep it at that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, shout out the Culture Shock. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. And <laughs> speaking of Bowie, we had modern class. We had modern together, right? Was it modern or ballet? It was some type of choreography class, I feel like. Your choreography. Okay. Yeah. I, actually, I love having you as a classmate because of your style and you trained in hip-hop. Oh, and so you. that, you're welcome. And a lot of other people didn't, so like they just didn't understand it. But um, right. speaking of which, do you still train in other dance styles or do you prefer to stay in hip-hop? Um, I still train in other dance styles now that I've gotten older and like like to uh, like I've learned to see that how all these things are really connected and it's great to have some type of experience in all of those things. So, you know, your foundation is strong. So I definitely tried to. I used I after I got out of um college or I guess dropped out of college, I went to go work at a gym in which I taught um hip hop fitness all day. So they had like bar classes and stuff like that that I would definitely partake in just because I wanted to get into, you know, my own physical health. And on top of that, I felt like I missed a lot of years being able to do that because I was like fighting for my creative freedom in high school. <laughs> like I almost didn't do it out of like, girl, you're not going to make me assimilate to this this stupid little ballet stuff just because you want that to be deep to me. Like that, it doesn't hit like that for me. And that's okay. Type. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Um, so how did you transition from dancer to a noun, visual and musical artist? I always wanted to do music. Okay. But when I danced very early on, that's what everyone, I guess, praised me for. And when you're young, it's kind of like that's what you like. You want to be praised mm-hmm. for what you're doing. And then around the time I moved from Detroit, I had moved in with my cousin Tydron, and she was a dancer. And oh, she was like, your cousin? Yeah, that's my cousin. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, I was really young, right? Like around that time, I was like six, and I think she's like four years younger than me, so I moved in with her. So I grew up a lot mm. watching her dance, and I had never seen that type of dance before, so she really fascinated me. And around the time, I was like spending a lot of time with her because my mother was trying to work, you know, 
handle the move and everything. So, you know, she was around me a lot. So it was just mm-hmm. like, I kind of picked it up at that point. And when I kind of, you know, ended up moving out maybe a year later and started to get into school by myself, you know, there was dance programs and I ended up just, you know, volunteering because I thought that it was just like something everyone knew how to do. But then mm. I kind of realized like, oh, I'm kind of like, I guess I'm kind of good. Like, I think I did like one solo in like fifth grade. And I remember like that applause and I was like, wow, like, am I like kind of good? Like, I didn't know this that. This is my like, thing, right. Right, like maybe I'm like, maybe I shouldn't like stop. So like, mm. I really like, you know, took that on, but I was always writing, like I was very big poet. And then I went into, you know, just writing short stories. And then I evolved mm. into just writing lyrics. But that was something that was just like, for me, dance kind of felt like that was something everybody wanted me to do and everybody pushed me to do you know my cousins in the family they're like oh you're gonna be a little another her you know what i'm saying you should do that i even joined culture shock because she you know told me that she was on it so she was like you should audition for that so it was kind of something not necessarily i was expected to do but what i was kind of guided to do like that's what you're good at like keep pushing for that so um music was something i always wanted to do but i thought it was a confidence thing and it was Mm -hmm. in a way but i felt like it was just you know being ready to be vulnerable with that part of myself when it came to music because that's bearing more to me because yes, it's absolutely. so vulnerable to like you know say like you know feel and turn that into music is definitely like a something that I held close to me so having to do that and share that like I knew what sharing dance was like to me and when I started teaching I found myself at some point you know disliking it around the time I got to like 21 since I had started when I was like 16. Like I started disliking it around 21 when I started making money off of it. Cause I was like, you know, now it's a job. Now every time I dance, it's like for somebody else or for some money or just to make sure I'm afloat or something like that. So it's like sharing that passion of me, it started to not be what I liked anymore or Mm -hmm. not something I did on my own anymore. Like I didn't just go into the studio and freestyle the way I used to. And I noticed that I just didn't feel like going to classes. I didn't feel like people messing with my energy. I didn't feel like, really being active in it anymore outside of teaching for it or making money off of it and I felt like music was the thing that I ended up you know expressing myself more fully in around Mm -hmm. that time so I was like am I ready to share that with the world or is that something you know I want to keep having to myself because when it's to yourself it's great that's the only person you gotta impress is you yes which can also still be a bar like a hard bar because a lot of times we are hardest critics and it's like yeah yeah right So as a musical artist, you go by the name of Passion and mm-hmm. you recently released your single Rent Free. So mm-hmm. who are some of your inspirations in music? Um, For sure, Aaliyah. I feel like she's my number one mm-hmm. inspiration. And I just feel yes. like that was someone I, um, I don't know, I feel like I was always connected to even when I was younger. And of course she died maybe when I was like three or four years old. But like one of those artists I kind of like attached myself to, like I wanted to keep watching those music videos. I wanted to keep learning those things that, you know, She's also, you know, a black Capricorn woman born in Detroit. So it was just naturally Mm. something I gravitated towards. And of course, she's like this balance between feminine and masculine energy in which I always feel like I am, too. So it was something that, you know, I feel like she was my biggest inspiration for music in general, but also having dance being a big part of it. So it just always felt like dance was the other half of what I wanted to do, but not, you know, fully like I never wanted to be anyone's background dancer. It was just like, you know, like I wanted to pair that with music. So Aaliyah is definitely um, my number one inspiration, I would say. 
I feel like, you know, rapping inspirations, of course, Little Kim, of course, Nicki Minaj, of course, Megan, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, the cadence of Doja Cat, you know what I'm saying? Just cer- certain yeah. like aspects of certain rappers, I think, influence me in a bunch of different ways. So um, male artists, I love um, a lot of male artists that make dance music, if that makes sense. Like Chris Brown makes dance music, Travis Scott makes yes. dance music. Like music that's just easy to dance to, easy to, you know, I feel like I adapt that to my music. I feel like Pop Smoke is definitely a huge inspiration because Ooh. of the drill aspect. Like I'm a huge yes. um, drill fan and I try to make a lot of my music drill oriented and it's honestly that's a Midwest good. thing too. So I yeah. love me some drill. Like I'm trying to, you know, make my way in the R&B drill category okay, like you to create your own lane you know what i'm saying so i'm trying I'm to you know make that a thing so i feel like that's you know pop up. smoke kind of broke that ice a little bit into the mainstream yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah okay i love that mm-hmm. listen we love a new genre a new mixture you know what I'm saying? but speaking of right. that that was actually our next question how would you describe your style of music and rapping Right, I would definitely say R&B yeah, drill. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Because I definitely, um, I'm still, you know, working to sing. I'm just not quick to call myself a singer because I feel like I want to put the work in before I say I'm a singer. You know what I'm saying? I can mm. carry a tune. If I mm-hmm. have to carry a tune, I'm gonna carry a tune. But like, I wouldn't yeah. say I'm a singer yet until I do the, you know, proper training for me. So mm-hmm. um, I still want to ad- adapt, you know, R&B. But of course, you know, in R&B, you gotta, you know, be able to sing a little bit. So you know, I yeah. still adapt that R&B until you know me still rapping and then I also feel like drill is one of the easiest things to dance to I feel like my favorite Mm -hmm. song favorite thing about most songs especially when it came to dance the things that would just hit me harder is intense bass like Mm -hmm. very you know like heavy 808s like a lot of bass in my songs are really extremely heavy like I just you know those type of things that make me feel something immediately is what I like write to right so yeah yeah that's what's up I've actually heard a lot of people lately like a lot of artists say that you can always tell that the music is going to hit if the artist is like also a dancer, if they can really right. like dance well, because they can hear right, right. the music, they know how to move. So, that's right. Good. Yeah. So recently the film, The Harder They Fall, premiered on Netflix, which I just finished that today. And it was so good. It was so good. And I think you should watch it. Um, okay. And although it's been receiving raving reviews, one of the largest criticisms is around the choice to use a lighter-skinned Black woman, who is Zazie Beetz, um, to play the historical figure, stagecoach Mary, who was a full-figure, dark-skinned woman, Black woman. Dark-skinned Black woman, um, which Zazie Beetz is not. We all know that. Yes. So mm-hmm. for you, what has been your experience been like as a dark-skinned Black woman in the entertainment industry? Ooh. <laughs> That's a heavy one. Does it differ, like, in the DC? It's so many. And, like, mm, right. and in L.A., too? Because I know you've been. Right. Ooh, LA. Right. Mm. That's such a heavy topic that I feel like I can go in so many directions in that I definitely mm-hmm. got to, you know, like focus that question on. Uh, well, just on the surface level, people definitely compare you to a lot of other female rappers. Like, oh, you listen to Megan, you sound like Doja, you sound like this person, when all of y'all probably sound like Gunna anyway. Half of y'all sound like Drake, half of y'all sound like Lil Baby. But, you know, since I'm the female here, and especially the Black female, you you know, they expect me to write about certain things. Like, I've definitely gone through, you know, like, Cypher situations yeah. where we all pull up and write to a beat. And it's like, I know exactly what y'all want me to talk about. Like, I can talk about things that, you know, like, I usually talk about in my own music. But if I'm doing a feature, I'm like, 
okay, I know why they want a female future. I know what they want this mm-hmm. to be like. Like, I know exactly what they're, like, you know, thinking. And I felt like yeah. when I've gone out of that box, it's been like, why? They're <laughs> like, oh, and they're yeah. like, for what? So it's that end. And then also just not competing with, but knowing that, like, we have to definitely be, like, 10 times our talent in order to make stuff work. For sure. Mm. Like, I feel like I wouldn't have made it this far if I did not adapt to so many different art mediums. If I didn't start doing a lot of this by myself, like making my own music videos, making my own treatments, paying for my own short films, like doing that Mm. on my own. I don't think anyone really would have given me that chance. I had to, you know, work to buy that chance or, you know, like learn all these different things that wasn't necessarily like what I wanted to do, but like all went into you know the general presentation of my my expression so if i didn't do all that i don't think i would have really gotten much handout if you will Mm. and even with all these talents i feel like i still don't get the reaction i would expect if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 100 is that the same like in the dance community as well I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever really felt that way in the dance community at all. But Mm. I feel like it does become present in stuff like, you know, NBA cheerleading teams. Like, I feel like Mm. those lines, those get a little... Yeah. Those get a little fishy. But beyond that, like, behind all that, I feel like when it's just going to dance classes, being in dance communities, I don't think it's really about that. I think it's about who you know Mm -hmm. more than it is about what you look like, which Mm. is great. Like, I don't necessarily feel like, you know, white hip-hop dancers get more chances than black. I don't necessarily feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think they actually have to work harder to, you know, like, mm-hmm. make some type of name in our community. So, yeah, I would say it doesn't really matter unless we're getting into the corporate part of it and we're getting into, you know, national teams and, you know, their standards. Yeah. Okay. Yes, definitely, like, sports teams and mm-hmm. some of the entertainment industry, like Hollywood and stuff, they're just... Oh, yeah starting to like expand on sizes and skin tones right there will always only be one dark-skinned black girl one light-skinned girl exactly and the rest white and you definitely see that in like acting in general like Mm -hmm. that like i think music is kind of fair game to get there but i feel like to stay there or to make it past certain mediocre artists shine who happen to be lighter than you like for example Mm -hmm. like you know tink um victoria monet like Mm -hmm. Uh, Janelle Mo- is it Janelle Monet? Am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, like there's de- there's definitely so many black artists that I definitely listen to that I feel like do not get the shine that they deserve. And it's like, Absolutely. of course, I, they get paid. You know what I'm saying? They're at the award shows and all that good stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just like you're not nearly getting As more, like right, like than like what a mm-hmm. Danny Lay or a Coy Ray is getting, like which is <laughs> honestly insane <laughs> to me, honey. <laughs> Okay, that part. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have to be like, like you said, ten times better than what's already out there. Right. And really have like that creativity factor because you can't, right. you can't just be mediocre because you are competing with a bunch of other. Yeah, that's facts. Right. Right. All right. So, let's talk about your company, um, Blissful Visions, and what inspired mm-hmm. you to create it. Um, that definitely came from the passion itself just came from me having to do it on my own like dance videos I think too, was like the start of that 
So mm-hmm. uh, when I definitely like pushed for that, I had to learn how to edit on my own because, you know, editing, getting it shot, all that good stuff, that costs a lot of money, to be yeah. honest, especially getting dancers sometimes. It can, like, they got to be your, like, a good friend of yours to, like, be cool with that. And I, I did definitely have a lot of those. But at some point, you know, you want to get your friends paid. So it was definitely, like, you know, uh, that was kind of, like, the start of me editing. Then I kind of, like, you know, really kind of noticed I was kind of good at it or I had an eye for it. And I felt like I liked the the editing part. I like editing. I feel like a lot of, like, shooters don't like to edit. Like, some people don't like the hours. It takes a long time. Mm -hmm. It's really annoying. Sometimes your program crashes. Sometimes footage gets lost. But it's just, like, I'm very proud of things after I edit them. And I feel like I definitely see them in a way some people don't. So mm-hmm. I enjoy the editing part of it. And so I think from there, I started editing for money. Um, and then like, and then branched from my dance um, job because we started doing like mm-hmm. films and stuff like that. And I definitely started helping out with those. So um, that's kind of where I like, you know, branched from. And then, you know, I got into wiki websites, which other people would ask me to build for them. Like, but not, you know, coding. I mean, like, you know, just making them on website builders and, you know, just doing yeah. that pretty efficiently. Like, people started to right. ask me about it. And I was taught a little bit about it in private school as well. So that's kind of where it started. And I feel mm. like it just evol- evolved into a business kind of when I put my first film out, I think. And okay. I think that was, like, 2017, mm-hmm. 2016, 2017. And after that, I felt like I should take it more seriously. People do ask me to do logos sometimes. People do ask me to do, you know, these small little editing jobs. I was like, hell, I just want to make a little money off of it, especially if I have to do it for myself anyway. Okay. Get your mm-hmm. coin. Right, yes. right. <laughs> I feel like you could be a brand consultant too. Okay, I do a little bit. I'm actually little bit. Uh, reaching lit. out. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, we saw we saw that you created your first film through Blissful Visions, Love on Earth. Mm-hmm. So, what was that mm-hmm. process like, and what was the inspiration behind the film? funny part is that's like the second film but i made that the first okay. official film because i felt like the first film was trash so <laughs> because i felt that way about it i was like you know um this is gonna be my first official so the mm-hmm. this one was based a lot off the first one it was actually about being a black woman in america and i used okay. SZA's control album to kind of narrate that through and that's on like my youtube page which is it's super old and i'm like i never recommend it to people because i was like oh my god i was so young i was just trying to you know figure out how to do this myself like i had limited resources i just got out of like dropped out of college just trying to find Mm -hmm. what i i like to do and that was definitely on my bucket list so that was my first film so you know making a bigger statement with music from the same project to kind of like you know narrate some type of you know storyline and especially like you know pitching that idea to my friend who was um also helping me out with um videography at that time dre direct he was helping me a lot around that time so I pitched it to him. He always wanted to do movies. I'm like, hey, like, I want to make a love story. You want to make a movie. I just got to find the right music. When I figured out all the, you know, I scheduled everything. I casted everybody. I figured out the days we were going to do it. I rented the cars. I rented the spaces. Like, I did all of that before I even, like, recruited people. Like, hey, the production's Mm -hmm. basically done. You just got to come in these days at these hours, read this, come in this. Everything is already on one, you know, Mm -hmm. accord. So um, I was definitely, I'm very, very very organized when it comes to my production. If if payment is involved, I'm very, you know, quick about it. Because if I'm doing it, I'm probably, you know, able to afford it at the time. So, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm very, you know, I pride myself on being professional in that 
So I think it was definitely like a learning experience at least. It was definitely fun. I love the way that it came out. But, you know, I learned a lot and I know who to, you know, work with, how to navigate certain people. Because there was days where like we would have everything lined up and then somebody wouldn't come and we all have to go home and just mm. do this all again. <laughs> Rent stuff again, yeah. you know, get in that same space again. And it's like... <laughs> Okay, that you know, is the hard part about that, making so. a film. Very yes, nice. that was a lot of people mm-hmm. working with all those people's schedules. I feel like yeah, that was that's the, really the hard part. part. Yeah, yeah. It is. you got to make right. sure everybody can be available on these days. Making exactly. sure everybody has what they need to wear. Making sure right. it's, it's definitely it's a process. Yeah, and we had no rehearsals Ooh. really. Uh, yeah, I just sent out videos because it was during mm-hmm. COVID. So we couldn't really okay. have like in-person rehearsals. So I got with my choreographer and we would just, you know, record the tutorial. So that was also an issue. Like, did you watch the video? Yes. Did you learn the choreo? Like some people yeah. would just be like, yeah, 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 I, I learned it. And you watched it. Watched. Like Look. twice, you know what I'm saying? And yes. They think I could just pick it up when I get there. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. you see how this doesn't take like 30 minutes it to like a couple longer. hours to get there right. and you know we're fighting daylight like stuff like that like so it's just been like logistics and stuff Oof. like that so yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's all part of the learning experience at the same time yes so it's but like, i can't you know say what to do what not to do that's awesome. right yeah so it was yes. definitely fun i think my favorite scene was definitely the first one with the when the dancers first appear because i was on the stairs mm-hmm. of my house so it was all in my house so it was all recorded in this room so like what? i was on the stairs yeah like it was mostly like her room was my room and so i was on okay. the stairs and i was just like okay turn the camera to the back okay now move now now go to the bed now go down now go come on now walk in here. right right <laughs> so I, i'm gonna release that video i think one day of just like you know me yelling direction from the background because i definitely <laughs> couldn't see anything Yes. I couldn't be in the shot, so I couldn't see anything. So I feel like that one was like my favorite moment. I feel like it came out the best. Okay. That's what's up. All right. So when it comes to being multifaceted, how do you manage your schedule depending on the season? Like, for instance, if you're um, doing choreography or if you're working on projects for yourself or other people? Um, for the most part, I try to funnel things into different, you know, segs of my life. Like, for example, like um, most of the time I'm choreographing at this point is for um, my dance job where I teach kids during the day. Mm-hmm. And I do that about four out of seven days a week. So it doesn't take too much of my time because, I, you know, they're kids. So they don't, you know, take too much, you know, like work to, to figure out. And a lot of times we're doing films now. So I edit for the company as well. So between that and doing things for the collective that I'm in now um, called Bummy Cult, which is like an art collective where it's like several different artists on one, you know, team to basically, you know, raise money for like showcases and, you know, different events that we can throw to bring people together. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the two places I feel like I put most of my creative energy into. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, my own music videos and kind of like, like making themselves. Cause at this point I'm Mm -hmm. sitting on about five music videos now even though i just dropped one today i'm still sitting on a few because when i go to la i do about two or three at a time and then Mm -hmm. i just you know sit on them and wait until like you know the right time to release it like season and you know what's out right now what is you know like is it in the middle of a holiday like that type of stuff so yeah i definitely you know binge work put it to the side so like you know the rest of the work is kind of you know 
being able to be handled between, you know, my dance job and doing the collective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to be working. You know, I try. <laughs> <laughs> I got to practice resting sometimes. Me too. Okay. Very bad yes. at it. Very bad at it. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> what is your favorite thing about directing and how do you navigate working with other directors on projects? So like you said, you was working with Dre. Like, mm-hmm. If he has a vision and you have a different vision, how do y'all figure that out? Do you put it together or do mm-hmm. you have to just like go with what he says since he's the director or mm-hmm. would you rather do what you want to do? We basically talk about a lot of that stuff or we used to talk about a lot of that stuff like beforehand. Like um, mm-hmm. he would basically let me handle direction of the dance part if I let him just, you know, handle the camera part. And like, he'll tell me ahead of time, like this space may be a little too small, you know, like I may have to go from the back, like come out and go back in. Are you okay with that? That's the only way to, you know, make it look like this. So, you know, we talked, I think we talked about a lot of that beforehand before we got there. So we didn't really like clash too much, I would say. Like I couldn't trust him if I had to work with some dancers behind the scenes and something had to get shot because we had a limited amount of time. I could trust that if I told him what I wanted, he would be able to do it. So it's like mm-hmm. we, you know, we were basically always on the same page. We would always kind of be teaching so- each other something new every time we got to a new set. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think we were good at, you know, going with each other's, you know, ideas and, you know, making them, you know, work to one goal. So, okay, and it's definitely got to be some chemistry there in order for that to to flow, mm-hmm. which I feel like is what you're discussing is the chemistry. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's dope. So, uh, I love this question, Ray. By the way, do you feel like your work challenges existing barriers and assumptions in society? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I have to think about that really quick. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I would say so. I would say, how I phrase this? People don't like black stuff coming from black people as much anymore. I feel like mm-hmm. that's the best way I can really like put that. And mm-hmm. I'm very big about if you're gonna do hip hop, I don't really care, you know, like you're, where you're from, your ethnicity or anything like that, but like, if you're not black or if you didn't grow up with that, you're a guest and that's okay. Mm. Just like in any other culture, if I go to yeah. India by, in Bollywood and that type of music, I am a guest. I can always participate, right. but I am yeah. a guest. You know what I'm saying? There's things I can Absolutely. do in those, in those restrictions and there's things I can't do and out of respect mm. for the genre. And I feel like um, this country disrespects hip hop too much. to let I feel like black women thrive the way we should in hip hop we open the door too much because we're forced to to people who are knockoff copies to us people who claim they're hip hop artists and they just kind of got into it when they you know hit a certain like age like 14 15 like high school middle school yeah. when this is not the stuff mm-hmm. like you grew up on you know what i'm saying like yeah. this is not the lifestyles you witnessed around right you know yeah. what i'm saying and the, definitely the things that i saw in detroit when the things that you know the pain that we definitely have rapped about mm-hmm. in our um our music is something i you know witnessed firsthand and so in that way when people kind of try to put it on as a costume it's yeah honestly it passes too much nowadays mm-hmm. 
So I feel yeah. like, yes, there's a lot of black women who are successful in doing hip hop, but in a way it's like fighting for a spot amongst a lot of people who are not very true to the genre. So that mm-hmm. can be very frustrating. So in a way it feels like I'm going against something that they don't want to be. There's only so okay. successful a black woman can be in her own genres almost. Mm-hmm. Because a white woman or a light-skinned woman who's probably never gone through that or a mixed woman who has never seen that, you know what I'm saying, can put it on and call it a day. Mm -hmm. You even see it in Asia and stuff like that. They can put it on and call it a day. So, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. (laughs) That made me think of this one uh, Instagram account. It's like some Asian dude. He's like a hairstylist. And he, like, installs fake locks in the Asian people's hair. And they, they get fades. It's so weird. But uncomfortable to watch they do so much yeah yeah and it's like wow so much like they yeah. think it's maybe flattering or cool or trendy and it's kind of creepy. it's really the trendy yeah yeah it's creepy yeah. on our end because it's like accents you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like you know if we're like i assume we're not all native spanish speakers <laughs> if we yes. were to speak in spanish you're gonna native spanish speaker is going to be able to tell you don't talk like that right so Mm -hmm. if certain people come up to me he's like yeah no cap homie i don't get it'd be the grammar for me talk like that girls you're not even using it right (laughs) yes like and it's like the same feeling like and i think people like you know ebonics our slang is an actual language like we can tell when Mm -hmm. people are not native to it or it's like you don't even sound like a dialect like i can even like you know me having midwest a midwest accent or mixed a little bit with a dmv one like i'll still be able to tell you know somebody has a southern accent whether i can understand them or not you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can identify that's the dialect that you speak, but like exactly. there's other people where it's like that's not even a thing. Like no one even says it like that in that order, right? right. Yes. Like so, it's just like we mm-hmm. know when something's wrong. We know when someone isn't amongst among us, if that makes sense. Right. So it's definitely something that it's. I would say it's a pet peeve, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And that that also makes me think of how people think our culture is just so accessible and it's for everybody but when it comes to other cultures they're like oh that's theirs they should have that yeah we have boundaries now but like for ours it's like anybody can come and just you know do it for fun and you know Mm -hmm. then go back to doing something serious or something that makes them more money or something more Mm -hmm. professional absolutely like Miley Cyrus coming in and right her little hip hop moments which you know that's exactly what I was thinking of as a rebellion. What a time. Okay. Yeah, and then coming weird. back with her straight hair and her cowgirl, you right. know, aesthetic. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. It's like, right. girl, what? Just to give Hannah Montana part two. Like, it was upsetting. You know, like, for real. It's super disappointing. Right. Mm. So, what's next for you and Blissful Vision? Um, right now, I move a lot under the collective because we're going to start, you know, helping people out with music videos. Because now that I've done enough of my own, I definitely feel like it's something that comes pretty naturally to me. So I definitely want to start doing stuff like commercials for local brands and things like that, as well as just, you know, music videos in the area. Because I don't feel like there's a lot of help in the DMV. A lot of people are expected to do everything themselves or, you know, mess with somebody who has more clout just to, you know, get to a place to people respecting them. 
So, you know, we definitely, as a collective, we definitely try to, you know, unify our people. Like, it doesn't have to be a competition. We can honestly get there together. Like, it's okay. We all do different things, and it's okay to do different things. They may all work together. So, definitely. Yeah. That's what's up. All right. And our last question for you uh, Can you please share any advice or words of encouragement for multi talented artists that are doing their best to find their way in their careers? Hmm. Try stuff and don't be afraid to F up. Mm. It's okay. It's really okay to mess up. I've done a lot of stuff that I don't necessarily want to push now. But if I didn't mm-hmm. F up a few times and, you know, take all those lessons and L's, like I wouldn't have, you know, felt like I was fully expressing myself the way that I am today. I would have kept myself yeah. in a box. I would have kept doing what I knew, but I wouldn't have ever, you know, fully been happy or fully been, you know, content with that. So it's okay to mess up. It's okay to try different things. Like I've definitely been discouraged to try different things, especially being a dancer, wanting to be a singer and wanting to be an mm-hmm. artist. Like you get a lot of, oh, just stick to dancing. Like I get it. Yep. Like push, yep. like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like do your own thing behind the scenes and, you know, come out and prove a lot of people wrong. Mm. That's beautiful advice. Oh, right. Yes. I love that. And on that note, that is a wrap for today. Thank you so much, Brina, for coming on and sharing your gems. Let the people know where they can follow you and find your work. Um, You can follow me at um, B-R-X-X-I-E-N-A for most of my ads. That's, I think, TikTok, I think Twitter, as well as Instagram. Um, so yeah, that's where you're going to find most of it. And of course, from there, you guys can find the link trees to my websites and, you know, YouTube channels, portfolios, all types of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's what's up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back next Monday. In the meantime, mm-hmm. be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Yes Black Girl. Follow us on Instagram at Yes Black Girl Series. And follow me and Ray too at Unique Genre. Right. And that's the only Ray on IG. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs>